Welcome to the Anomalous Press Podcast, Issue 5, Episode 3. This week we bring you Octobre by D.E. Stewart and two works by the talented Melanie Knoll, The Warm Earth and Cloud Trophy. Enjoy. Octobre. Dave Stewart. I could not shake off the impression of having been submerged in someone's delirium. Like Saul Bellow's appointment with Trotsky on the day of the assassination, when arriving at the house after the event, being mistaken for a journalist and allowed to view the body. From Broadway and Camden out to Kagan Point to stare at South Philly's urban desolation across the river, in North Philadelphia, two-story 19th-century row houses, most dilapidated now, were built for people who worked in the riverfront factories. Immediately to the west, three-story houses for managers. Farther west, the factory owners' mansions on Broad Street. It had been our Osaka. Its present cityscape of prisons, beer distributors, bars, abandoned row houses, muscle cars, crack and cat houses, aluminum siding, take-out food litter and trash pile empty lots. Here in strip mall land, we have massively destructive airstrikes by terrorists and 767s, anthrax, the Christian right, Washington profiteers, bankers' derivatives, and hypocritical religious petroleum wars. And starkly, Boise's Blitzschlager mit Lichtstein, Alf Hirsch at Maus Mocha. As on the Indus in Dera Ghazi Khan, a skinny white horse moves at a trot while harnessed between a cart's shafts. Eyes rolling, lips lifted, it rears back in terror, trapped in a rolling bank of tear gas laid down by the Pakistani police against pro-Taliban rioters. Guernica. And following 1945, there was a clear world consensus that bombing civilians was in the league of using poison gas. But the United States has bombed civilians repeatedly in the years since, heavily, relentlessly, wanting to order the world. Colombia is a chronic, large-scale guerrilla conflict commanded by people who are sunk in delirium, funded by the hundreds of millions a year by North American drug users, 600 tons of Colombian cocaine and 10 tons of heroin annually, recruiting the hopeless from poverty-ridden jungle villages at war against brutal right-wingers who are crazed by a spirit of vengeance Ek grusige Weltlage, eine grusage Weltlage. All strangely apropos of Mala's Titan, scored for two piccolos, four flutes, four oboes, English horn, four clarinets, E-flat clarinet, bass clarinet, three bassoons, contrabassoon, seven horns, five trumpets, four trombones, tuba, kettle drums, bass drum, tom-tom, cymbals, 
triangle, harp, and the traditional strings. Marvelous Mahler. The main obstacle was his Jewish origins, so he accepted Catholic baptism in February 1897 and was appointed Kapellmeister at Vienna two months later. Stupendous Shostakovich. Would be pleasant right now to be absorbed with a family of energetic Tibetan ground jays, jay hopping around the yaks and yurts, off on the grassy plains and foothill slopes, scattered boulders and sparse bushes above the Tibetan plateau's tree line. Jays behaving as jays everywhere, partial there to yak graze pastures and cultivated ground near monasteries and small settlements. It is good that I did not let myself to be influenced. Wittgenstein Waiting outside the Basel Munster's apse, fingering the seam of Tremblor, Temblor cracks from the great earthquake in 1356. Chilled night river fog in light from a square with chestnut trees above the Rhine, exactly the site of a Roman forum. Fingering the deep tongue fillers and shims from matching sandstone cut to fit the cracks in the apse, tied in with iron jams soon after the event. In the improvising manner of their delicately contrived, Yanara's strong Gothic world, thoroughly apart from our plastic and epoxy-ordered world, our techno-standardized, numbing, noisy lives, where historical epiphanies are either intellectually enhanced insights or cheap, commercially-induced thrills. Descantamiento. But aura of place is still there within a Romanesque or Gothic cathedral, Chinese or Greek temple, Roman ruin or Polynesian lava boulder wall, pre-Columbian plaza or pyramid site. In the air, hanging in a Roman arena 2,000 years ago, approach up the tunnel ramp, come out on the sand and glimpse the sun, Stare at the high clouds as the sky looked 2,000 years ago above Arles and Pula and Nîmes. And the motion of the air is the past, both in imagined time and time present. In the Tour de France, topping a crest to run a turn, sinus so fast that when the peloton is gone, you remember no specifics of any rider, only their hissing, passing sizzle like the streamlined rush of air when rounding second going for a triple. That reality. The moving air. Off from the stasis of stiff sedentaries with Ra's chast eyes who live circumscribed in place. Coexistent with blasé insouciance of tens of thousands at any instant aloft in muttering jets, blinds down, oblivious to the verities of landscape scrolling out below. At rest, perhaps, too much in self-sufficing solitude. As though it could have been written even in our time, Haydn reached far into the future with finale, fuga, adue, jetete, 
of his early F minor quartet, Opus 20, Number 5. Plaintive, straining, moving directly into the remote key of A-flat minor, a head like the explosive second section of Schumann's Fantasy in C major, Opus 17, whose pianistic flares jump generations like fire shadows, back, forward, and on in continuous loops. The time of imagination is in no manner absolute. Attitudes toward mountains were beginning to shift in Europe, a sign of the medieval world slowly yielding to the modern one. Bruegel's landscapes, landscape drawings, part fantasy, part faithful, seemed on the cusp of history. Michael Kimmelman. Bruegel passed across the Alps in the 1560s within months of Thomas Plather's last legendary transalpine journey. So he and Plother could well have met in Basel or on the track across the Jura. Plother's already modern sensibilities ranged ahead of his time, and they would have had a fine, they would have had a, a lot to say to each other. Watch a young Atlantic green turtle in a tidal pond sunning on a snag, eerie, wonderful, its front paddle feet hanging at the ready. A frisbee size, Chelonia Midas Midas glowing green. To get a seat when traveling rough on the Indian National Railways, eat meat before boarding, and the smell will assure plenty of elbow room. And to get through airport security smoothly, smile copiously and hold level eye contact. Life is beautiful, but the world is hell. Antonia Frazier. The Warm Earth. Not the sun dance, unless hooked to the sun, orange, out of bloom, bright, shrugging other, the fanning mock orange. He said, Beam and rosin, a seasonless swimming light. Oh, maybe I'll be a star, shrugged the earth. The sun would be everywhere in any case. Blood orange the ladders in orbit. Cloud Trophy, after John Keats. Sloth winter, blue lyra. Today more itself yesterday. Open and opener the sham. Dung-colored wren, blameless wren. Wren knocking on the house, fell behind. Earthquake, halo. Gold-lowing room of first and next, meridian. Interrogative, the wire doves, huddled in the rain of pods. Camouflage of empty manes. That's it for this episode of the Anomalous Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, consider liking us on Facebook, talking about us on Twitter, or rating this podcast in the iTunes Store. And thanks to those of you who came out to the Massachusetts Poetry Festival in Salem on April 21st. We had a great time meeting all of you, and we hope you did too.